a listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Welcome to another episode of Talking Gippsland. I'm Ed Cowlishaw. Today we catch up uh, with a basketball sensation, Jade Melbourne, who has been drafted by the Seattle Storm and has finally made her way to the US of A to start off a career in the WNBA. I recently spent some time with Jade just before she jetted off for the US of A and spoke about her time with the Aussie Opals camp, her family reaction of her leaving the family nest and what the future holds in the WNBA. Sit back, relax and enjoy a chat with Jade Melbourne on Talking Gippsland. It's great to catch up with a friend of the show. Uh, Jade Melbourne joins us, of course, WNBA draftee with Seattle Storm, UC Caps and Terrell Zone. Nice to catch up with you, J-Dog. What's going on? Yeah, not much. Good to catch up. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to be back home for a little bit. Um, but yeah, excited for what comes next. Yeah, bloody hell. Now, you've just come straight out of camp. We were just sort of having a chinwag about that just then, about, you know, who was there, purpose of it and things like that. But you were mentioning there was about 26 players on the books at the moment when it comes to a squad mentality. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean? From an outsider looking in, that seems a little bit confusing. But how how direct is the dialogue on what's going on with with you you players? And twenty six, it's a big number to cut. Yeah, I think for um, if anything, it's exciting. Um, you know, there's twenty six people that the coaches actually like consider that can be representing Australia, which is really exciting for women's basketball. I mean, yeah. we just see what um, the Opals did just in September with the World Cup. They got bronze, so I think it's exciting that they've picked twenty six of us. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get all twenty six together. So from the outside looking in, you look. You're probably looking at camps, thinking, "Oh, there's only ten on court. I'm only seeing pictures of four faces." Like yeah. you're probably thinking, "What's going on?" But I think you know, off the back of WNBL seasons, people are injured. There's niggles. Um, people are over in France, Asia, just finishing off seasons with them, and you know, kind of getting that ex- exposure over there. So I think overall, though, it's an exciting squad um, for the 12 or the 10 or however many yeah. were on court for yeah. whatever session. Um, it was fun. And I think, too, um, some COE kids, so some real young kids as well, got some experience to train with us. So um, that was cool. But, um, yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. And I think when we get all 26 together, it's going to be a ripping camp. How intense was it? Because, as you mentioned, there's, there's players coming off a heavy load. They might the Townsville girls, for instance. Yeah. I mean, they're they're partying up there. Yeah. I mean, they're just champion celebrating a championship. I mean, I'm thinking about Loz Nicholson and, and Steph Reed, who were instrumental in getting that top sixteen games on the trot. I mean, they, they've had a really heavy load, yeah. and then all of a sudden, right straight into camp, uh, green and gold. You know, this is what we're playing for. Like, how serious was it, or was it really just a a connection sort of a camp? Yeah, I think any camp that you go through um, has to have that seriousness about it. But I think uh, Sandy Brondello, so she was actually in Australia, so oh, great. huge for her. Um, you know, when she's actually in the country, you got to get you got to get the group together. So it was a matter of whoever's around, like get there, let's have a camp. And for us, twelve that were like twelve. I don't actually know how how many there yeah. were at the end, end yeah. of the day. But um, you know, I think she understood. You know the position everyone was in. You know people are trying to get some downtime in before NBL one and WNBA seasons. People are coming off parties and benders, and you know, understandably, if I won a championship, I'd be partying for a week too. Yeah, Um, the crown would be going off. Yeah, the (laughs) crown's probably going off. So I think um, they all understood that. But for us that were there, it was a real good opportunity for us to like, you know, learn the Opal system. A lot of new faces were there, so just like getting familiar with how Sandy coaches the style of play. 
there was definitely one session every day where we like we went at it we were scrimmaging we were taped and and then the kind of the second session of the day was like a lighter one where we kind of would learn if there was something like a skill deficit we'd get on top of that like some different passing angles just anything to kind of sharpen that up and you know really push forward with the way the Opals want to play yeah I love it love it and you get this real sense with the Opals that that change up. I mean, this this fresh talent like yourself is coming through, but you're also carrying that baton to go. And I think that wonderful link of LJ being there. It was like, hey, this is what we're about, guys. Because we had that sort of drop off at Rio and things like that. And speaking to Susie Bakovich and being left out of that campaign, it really hurt the structure of the Opals concept. And now with LJ back in the fold, it, it just sort of builds that bridge doesn't it between those two generations i think so and i think even lj came to camp so oh, right. she's she had foot surgery on one and achilles on the other um and she'd been cleared to drive two days before and the first <laughs> place she came was from Aubrey to canberra to come hang out with the opals girls but just having someone like her there speaking about her experiences and you know she she wants to come back so who knows what that'll be um right. you know if if she wants to uh, i'm all for it yeah. um, massive lj fan right here but um yeah, she kind of bridges that gap and she's always just like a mentor. Like she's always pumping up. She's always pumped up me. She's always pumped up the younger girls and, you know, really got around us and kind of, yeah, kind of is paving the way. So, um, yeah, having her around. And then you've got great leaders like Tess Madge and Kayla George and Sammy Wickham. And, you know, we all um, we have culture sessions and they all talk about how much it means to be an Opal. And you just like in that environment, you just, you know, how like special it is to these girls and, you know, it makes you feel like, hey, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to be. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool being in, just in that group and environment um, at an Opals camp. So many girls are on their way back too. Um, I think of Beck Allen. Yeah. Tess uh, wanted to come back for the Boomers this year and then there was a bit of a recurrence and things like that. LJ, well, us 40-year-olds, we're going through a midlife crisis. So, I mean, LJ, I mean, if she wants to come back, you do it, LJ. Uh, we love you. Um, but... There is a few injuries there, yeah. which does mean spots are up for grabs for the green and gold. And what, we're a year out from Paris. So it's pretty bloody exciting. Very exciting. And that's that's what's very exciting about the squad of 26. You know, um, you know, just this morning, um, my good friend Shanice Wayne got drafted. So just seeing her in the squad, like she did really well. Um, but yeah, there's an Asia Cup coming up in June. And, you know, most WNBA, WNBA girls aren't going to get back for that. So that's seven or eight players. Yeah. And then... Um, you got injuries, like unfortunately, like Talbot is out for the next 12 months. Um, you know, don't know a spider, how hurt uh, Beck Allen's going with her ribs and stuff, which was a crazy injury. So just um, there's plenty of opportunities to st- uh, step up. And, you know, I know a lot of those girls at camp um, are super excited for that opportunity. And a lot of girls speaking to them are really like aware of the situation. And, you know, any time to represent the green and, girl, uh, green and gold is such an honour. So everyone's fired up for the um, chance to do that. And, yeah, it's exciting because people are going to showcase what they can do before Paris. We're talking hoops with Jade Melbourne, one of our own here in Gippsland. Uh, we've got her for a little bit and then she's gone. She's gone. She will never see her again uh, for about a decade, hopefully. Um, dominating winning championships in the WNBA and stuff like that. Uh, maybe for the Caps, I don't know. She might get a transfer to Melbourne and then I'll be happy. Um, she won't like that, neither will the Caps fans. But, uh, Jade, when it comes to, I guess, lead up to Paris... And I think of the World Cup last year and shooting was an issue from beyond the arc. Like, just having a look at it, but mainly, not for us, but China were just unbelievable. Japan, the three-point game is huge and it's it's seeping into the women's game, which is great. 
but it is so important. Steph Talbot, as you mentioned, who's injured, um, she was a real shining light beyond the arc there. What's is Sandy talking about there from, I guess, a structural point of view there of, of really incorporating that three-point shot into our game? Yeah, I think um, the system that Sandy's got in place, I think a lot of it, we've always had really strong bigs. Like, we've got Kayla, we've got Tolo, we've got Ezzy, and yeah. um, there's just a strong pipeline of bigs in Australia. So we've always kind of prided ourselves on our inside game. Um, but we've got great shooters too. You know, Sammy can light it up. Talbs, like you said, Madge is a good three-point shooter. Wally can shoot as well. So there's plenty of people that can shoot. Um, it's just, I think, we, she just continues to install that confidence in us. I think that's the biggest thing. I think... You are the last thing you want is people hesitating on the three, thinking, is this my shot? Is it not? Um, you know, that's something that I do sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, you get it yeah. when you're so wide open. Yeah. Um, but I think um, we have the craftiness and we have the ability of playmakers that can get people wide open. So I think, you know, Japan do a great job. Like, if they think they're open, they just pull the trigger. Japan do it. USA have had no problems pulling the trigger as well. So I think it's just a confidence thing at the end of the day. I know people have got confidence. It's just a matter of, you know, seeing a few go in and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, the, the ring becomes a hula hoop and it just gets bigger and bigger. So, um, yeah, you know, Sandy's not saying don't do it. Um, but, yeah, I think that'll be a real emphasis. And, um yeah, it's something that Australia wants to pride themselves on. You're just noticing it from a fan's point of view. Sometimes you feel as though uh, our guards are just getting caught. Because as you just mentioned, we've had a great history of bigs. Yeah. So you get the ball into the big and away we go. Um, whether it be LJ or anyone really for that matter, Susie and things like that. And as you mentioned, uh, those names before. But is it sort of, you know, you're trying to trust your own ability as well in some ways? Because, you know, you're playing at the standard, but going, right, when do I fire? When do, I, when do I go here and, and things like that? And then also making sure that you keep taking those shots. Does that sort of make any sense? Yeah, I, I get you. So a lot of the time in Australian basketball, you won't see a lot of people pull up in transition for yeah. three. Or you won't see a lot of people in the middle eight seconds shoot threes. You, um, so unless it's like your shot, so you know you're a green light three-point shooter, like you'll see somebody penetrate really early, kick out, and they'll shoot the wide open shot within the first eight seconds yeah. of the shot clock. But it's never really been an Australian no. thing to do it. Um, you know, you get, you get that rare person, like, you know, Sammy Wickham in the WNBL will pull up from three and no worries. But, um, yeah, that's kind of never been our style of play. So it's something that um, if you know it's your shot, you take it. Um, it's not encouraged, but I think a lot of the time it's, it just comes down to, like, that confidence thing. So, you know, people back their abilities and they shoot the ball and stuff. But, yeah, we've kind of – we've always prided ourselves on really long offense. So we, we've got great structure in the half court. We can feed it inside, outside, mm. go back inside and then get the wide open three in that last eight session seconds where you, where you usually see it be fired up. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of the system of play Australia has gone with the last couple of years. And it's, it's – um, yeah, you can see it in the WNBL, the NBL as well um, – but, yeah, I'm no doubt, um, yeah, people, when they know they're, they're on and it's their green light shot, they'll take it. Yeah, I was, I was at the, uh, the Boomers uh, Flyers final game, uh, for the Boomers anyway, the, that prelim or semi-final or whatever it was, mm-hmm. game three, and watching Kayla George take that shot, yeah. you know, as a stretch four, and then Maddie Rocky obviously hitting that shot as well. I mean, there are moments where you have to take it, yeah. but why should you wait that that long in the game to take it and that's what I sort of was thinking through it but but for Kayla as a stretch forward to take that shot at the right time as a leader you know that's what you sort of want but you also want your guards to go well that's my responsibility as well yeah. you know yeah and and that's the thing at the end of the day like people it just comes down to like your strengths yeah. I think 
you know, Kayla's an unbelievable. I think she averaged, you know, making three a game this year, you know, MVP. And um, But, yeah, it just comes down to kind of what you think is your shot at the right time. And a lot of people these days, especially in the Opal squad, have got great feel for the game. So they'll know it's their shot. They'll know they have to step up in a certain moment and stuff. Um, but a lot of coaches um, encourage that kind of long offense, and that's what you'll probably see, a lot of half-court stuff. We don't tend to... You know, play a lot in transition. We do offer defensive rebound, but and a stop. But I think, yeah, when when we're like when we're just flowing and the ball's gone out of bounds, a lot of the time it's walk up stuff and get into a set and get that get that shot after the defense is rotated. Mm. So, um, yeah, it just comes down to I think feel great per, uh, feel for the game and um, yeah, you'll see different individuals doing different things, but it all comes down to strengths and feel. I think. Yeah. Uh, with Jade Melbourne, of course, uh, Gippsland girl is off to the WNBA, and I guess this is where our transition in our conversation goes now, where we're talking about the structure of Australian basketball, and then you go into the freewheeling and dealing of the WNBA, you know, like where, and that's what I'm saying, you know, you'll be expected to take that shot if you're open, shoot the ball and things like, depending on the coach that you have. And you just go, well, how do I make that transition and then create that all-round player thing? Um, From a mindset point of view, how ready are you for the WNBA? Because it's pretty exciting. It's it's just around the corner. Just around the corner. I should be I should be on a flight this, uh, next week. Flight. I'll be packing my bags next week and you know making sure I've got everything. But um, yeah, I think my mindset going into it is just like kind of just kind of embracing the challenge. I yeah. think I think I'm ready for it. Um, I decided not to go last year genuinely because I just think. You know, I'm, I was a lot younger last year and I'm still young going into the league, but I've matured a lot over the last 12 months just with my game. And um, my last month of basketball with the WNBL was really solid. So that's when I decided that I was ready for it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a whole different kind of ball game. And I think it'll be a bit of adjusting for me. Um, I've always played in that kind of team orientated based basketball where, you know, you're passing the ball, you, you're playing your role, whereas the WNBA can tend to lean towards a bit more isolation play and, you know, try and break down your play 1v1. So, um, yeah, I think it'll just be getting a feel for that kind of style. And I didn't go to college, so I never got that American style of play. I've just played the USA. So, um, yeah, it'll be a matter of just kind of, you know, feeling my way through it, um, get a feel for what's going on. And there's great Aussies there with Ezzy and Sammy, so I'm sure they'll help me out. But, um, yeah, it'd just be a lot of learning, but I'm excited for the challenge and can't wait. So you just spent time with Sammy and were you just pretty much shadowing and just going, hey, look, this is what can I do here, visas, all this nitty gritty, all that sort of stuff. Is that sort of what those discussions were all about? Hey, this is where I can take you in Seattle. This is a great place to live, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Sammy's been great. Um, she was trying to like, so we were trying to line our flights up, but obviously she's actually an American citizen. Yeah. So she's still got her citizenship, so she didn't have to worry about the visa and stuff. So she's booked a flight and I'm hoping to get on the same flight. But yeah, she actually went to college in Seattle and spent a lot of time there and won two championships there. So she's been letting me know like where places to go and like where I'll be able to do this. And it just even at camp, just giving me little pointers and feedback. She's always kind of, you know, taking me under her wing um, ever since I played at the Asia Cup with the Opals for the first time so the fact that I'm going over with her I'm stoked um mm. you know it's a it's a person that's familiar with the environment and can really help me with my game so um that's really cool and Ezzy's also lived there for two years going into her third and hey, she's gotten better and better so just having someone as well similar to my age um to hang out with and you know Aussie that I can bounce back and forth off um yeah I'm super excited for the position I'm in with the with the travel and we've spoken about expectations, we know about Shyla's story as well, right? And and you just spent camp with her as well, and she's a champ. Um, 
how was that conversation? Did you sort of talk about that with her or does she not want to talk about that sort of stuff and what happened with her? And I know she's desperate to try and get back over there and obviously prove the doubt is wrong as well. Yeah, um, Charlotte and I are good friends yeah. and, um, yeah, obviously, like, terrible what happened to her and um, it's such an unfortunate situation and stuff and it's not something she really likes to talk about yeah. but you can tell just, like, even off the season she's had, she's trying to bounce back and try and get back over there. You know, it's always been a goal of hers and she works super hard um, with her dad. So if she's going to work her way back into the league, I have no doubt. But um, yeah, she was just like telling me to like kind of, yeah, just embrace the challenge, go in there, just show them what you got. You, you kind of never know what happens. So seeing that perspective as well, as much as it is hard, um, is kind of like eye-opening. So just trying to, yeah, kind of go in there with an open mind, but also, you know, I want to put my best foot forward. I want to stay over there. So that's the plan. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, I hope she gets back in the league as well. Now, you and I have spoken about this before with mum and dad and uh, the drafting and all that sort of stuff, and that was exciting. And then you held back a little bit. It's two weeks away, less than two weeks away yeah, until yeah. you're going. Um, how's mum and dad going and uh, the fam and all that sort of stuff? How, how's the emotions? They're good. And I think the, the coolest thing is I think when I was making the decision, mum was like, mum wasn't hesitant on it as well. So when I told her, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going. I just wanted to see her reaction. I was kind of baiting it a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm going. And she was like, oh, cool. So I think she was just happy that I've made a decision too. And I've been out of home since I was 16. So I guess... You know, America's the other side of the world, but, um, you know, they're super happy for me. Dad's already trying to figure out if there's a good golf course in Seattle, so <laughs> that's the most important thing to him. Um, but, yeah, they're hoping to come over, hopefully, for my 21st in August, which would be cool. Um, but, yeah, no, they're pumped. Um, I've been really excited over the last couple of days, knowing that it's actually a reality, and Mum's like, if you say Seattle one more time, like, just get on a plane and go. So it's been really good in that aspect, and, um, you know, they're fired up. So, yeah, it's a really good feeling around home. 21 in August, and all this stuff is happening. This is just crazy, Jade. I mean, this is awesome. Like, a, And you're going to be over there for your 21st? Yeah. So I'm actually not legal over there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't win anything or celebrate anything before then, all right? You're getting in trouble. Um, it's pretty exciting stuff, though. And I think when you think about it, um, you're starting to goal set here, right? So obviously, WNBA, first game, all that sort of stuff. As a professional athlete now, how do you break that down? Do you go, and dare I say it, one week at a time? Or do you go, right, there's Paris 2024. I'd love to make that squad. But I've got a fair bit of work to do before that even comes across. Yeah, I think for me, I've always just done it like, I know it, like in basketball you have to work hard, but I think the most important thing is you have to enjoy it. Mm. Um, and you know, the hard work becomes kind of, it, it doesn't become easy, but it becomes easier if you enjoy what you're doing. And that's how I've always kind of played basketball. I always play with a smile on my face. So I always, you know, I'm willing to get up and yep, I want to shoot today. And, and, and it's fun for me, like yeah. it's fun. So, um, but the biggest goal of mine was always to play in the WNBA and to um, represent my country as many times as I can. So um, I don't think there's a higher honour than, you know, representing Australia. Um, and Paris has always kind of been the goal of mine. Um, you know, I was only just cut from the World Cup. Yeah. Um, I kind of made it down to that last 15 and only just missed out. So, um, yeah, that's definitely the goal. And that's something in the back of my head, knowing every day, like, hey, I'm training for this. Hey, I'm training to get on that um, on that roster in Seattle. So that's kind of things. And I always write them down, you know, look over them so to remind myself and keep myself kind of accountable to it. But at the end of the day, you just got to enjoy it and work hard, I think. Did you enjoy the Terralgan experience when you played the game against the Boomers? Because it looked like you were frustrated. Um, it looks like you were putting 
pressure on yourself to perform because you knew you had mates in the stand and, th- and family and all that sort of stuff. And there was a yeah. bit going on with Christy Wallace, who you've been on camp with as well. I don't know what was going on with Wally that day, but she was up and about. Um, did you enjoy that experience at all, or was it, or was it unusually hard for you? It was, it was, it was really different. Like, yeah. so I, I was super excited for it um, to be home, but it was, it was so hot in the stadium. It that was. Day. There was no air. Yeah, and we had, we had, I think we had an eight-man rotation. So I kind of knew going into the game that I was going to play like you know anywhere between thirty-five and forty minutes. Yeah. So. Um, but I think it was a really weird timing for us as well because we'd just come off a massive win and it was our first win of the season. So it really felt like a bit of a championship after snapping a 12-game long <laughs> losing streak, which is weird after winning one game. But um, I think after that, we just came off like the high of that. And then obviously, like whenever you're home, and I, I knew so many people here, so you obviously want to do well as well. So I kind of, I reckon I did put a bit of pressure on myself yeah. to you know, do well and, um, you know, try and make that first basket fall and stuff like that. And, you know, I had a great competition with Wally that day and she's a gun. So it was, it was all love and um, a great, a great fight. But, um, yeah, you know, I think it'll be, it'll be different. So hopefully the Melbourne Boomers can fixture us here again next season against the Caps and, um, we can do it all again. Hopefully we can get the win this time. But, um, yeah, I think it was just all weird timing, but, um, as much as it was weird, I think I'd never played on that court before, so it didn't yeah. even feel like home almost. Right. So it was really strange, but um, you know, the whole day was great. I got to catch up with so many people that had helped me get to where I am today, um, had supported me throughout the journey. So it was cool, but um, yeah, I'm hoping we can do it again because I really want to come back and put on a better show. <laughs> uh, and I forget about that because, yeah, you probably haven't played in the new yeah. facility <laughs> and you used to court six or the back courts here. So yeah. it's... It's crazy like that in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, Jade Melbourne's joined us. We're just talking hoops and shooting the breeze at the moment uh, as well. Um, I guess as we, we look at uh, the end of this season, we talk about goals and, and staying calm and everything like that. You do keep yourself grounded. And what I love seeing as well on the social pages of, of the Tabo site recently, uh, you got out and about and celebrated some of the grand final wins and all that sort of stuff. I, I think that's great. I mean, that's if you can keep that humbleness, I mean, we've just... You know, you, you're going to be special all the way throughout your career. But I love the fact that you've just gone, you know, like, I'm in Canberra. I'm um, away from home quite a bit, been away from since you were 16. But to go back and say, hey, well done to the under-12 champion or MVP, I mean, that means a lot. Yeah, and I think it was cool. Um, you know, Brad Charles um, reached out to me and said, would you be willing to do this? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, with no hesitation. I think, I think something that's really cool is that I thought was really cool is when you actually get to see a player you aspire to be to in person. So I think a lot of people in Terrellwin, just me being from here and then me being able to like show my presence at that kind of event and kids in under 12s and 14s are like, hey, like Jade's from Terrellwin and made it all the way to here yeah. and is going with her journey. So um, like, why can't I do it? So I think that's so huge when you can actually see your role models, see your idols and stuff. And even if I'm not their role model idol and stuff, just the chance to, you know, give back to Tabba that's given so much to me throughout my journey um, was really cool. And, you know, just seeing smiles on kids' faces, winning um, winning trophies and um, winning their grand finals and stuff. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And I love that kind of stuff, you know, giving back to – I've done medals with Basketball Victoria Country as well. I think it's really cool. And, um, yeah, I love doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think – I think you understand because you're at a, a younger age, but I think some seasoned pros that get into it and may do their knee or something like that, they might lose sight of of that part of it that and it, and it is hard and i know uh with the WNBL they do it so well where after the game you guys have just played 
in incredible heat on this court and then all of a sudden everyone wants a photo with you or everyone wants uh, an autograph or something along those lines but you do it though and you might do it for an hour you might do it for 45 minutes whatever it is um but you're leaving an impression on the next generation whether it's a boy or a girl they're just going wow i know my my son and daughter they they got to meet you cg and all that sort of stuff and they just said, wow. And Grace was a little bit upset. She's only five. She started under eights here. And she was saying to me, she goes, um, Jade signed my Harry Potter shirt. And that Harry Potter shirt is never going to be washed again. And we're going to have to frame this Harry Potter T-shirt or whatever it is from Kmart. Um, but she didn't have anything else. And it's her pride and joy. But that's someone who I look up to. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's huge. And, you know, like a lot of the times in Canberra, um, often like our yeah. half an hour buzzer will go off. And I'm like, no, like I'm not like if I've still got a line, like I'm waiting until I sign every autograph because like I would hate to be that kid in line, you know, even just six years ago. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm going to meet my idol and they're like, oh, sorry, kids, like you got to go. Like, so I think, yeah, yeah, it's huge. And like the impact that like I don't think I still probably don't understand the impact it has because I just think I'm a. 20 year old that plays basketball at the end of the day but um yeah like i remember getting autographs back um i remember danny non played i think it was bendigo here and lining up for all autographs and then i was playing with kelly wilson against slayer blitzavs and it's just really cool like i've still got all their autographs at home so um yeah i think the impact it leaves on those kids is so special and that's why we like love doing it and are willing to stay an hour hour and a half after games and you know it's, it's kind of yeah it's fun as well like you realize after the game, after a loss, whatever the result is, mm. you're like, hey, like um, I've impacted a kid's life today, like, and, and that's the real, that's the real win. Who was your hero growing up? You just sort of mentioned that, and you didn't get the autograph. Um, so, <laughs> who, 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 who were the players that you looked up to when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I, I just loved like every guard in the WNBL. I really loved Katie Ebsbury. Yeah, um, loved her. Um, I always loved Sammy, Sammy Wickham. Um, just there's just so many guards like Leilani Mitchell just like that I kind of when I understood the whole principle of Opals and WNBL and all all that kind of thing that's the kind of players I looked up to and stuff because that's where I wanted to be and that's the position I wanted to be in so um those kind of players but I think I was just a huge fangirl of any and everyone and everyone in the anyone and everyone in the WNBL I think I would line up and get everyone's autographs when they hand out the free posters I was making sure they all signed their heads like just all things like that. So, um, yeah, I just, I just loved basketball. Um, you know, I, I idolise, you know, there's people in, like, the WNBA that I'm going to meet and I'm going to be like, well, you're, like, you're one of my idols. So yeah. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> no, I'm going to get that fangirl face off real quick and be... Candace Parker, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I get an autograph after the game? I'm walking into camp with Jewel Lloyd. And, yeah. and if, uh, you know, uh, I have no doubt Sue Bird will be around as well, who's who was ultimately my, like, childhood mm. hero. So, um, yeah. Just, it's just awesome. <laughs> Has L- LJ hooked you up with Sue and things like that? Because obviously she's a Seattle icon um, and sh- knowing LJ, she'll be keeping a keen eye on what's going on over there. Um, has she hooked you up in that regard there? Because they're like that. Yeah, no, nah, she hasn't hooked me up yet. What's going on? Uh, no, LJ, no. Nah. Um, I mean, she's been great in following me and supporting me. She's been in my corner, so that's been really cool. Yeah. Um, yes, LJ's probably said a thing or two maybe to Sue that I don't know of, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to yeah meeting her and stuff. And I think um, Sue actually is having her jersey retired, I think, on the 11th of June, oh. which is a day I've marked in my calendar. So hopefully I'm a part of that, and that'd be a pretty special moment for Seattle basketball, women's basketball. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that that jersey go into the oh, rafters yeah and then you see the 
LJ's next to it. It's next to it, yeah, yeah, it's incredible, and and the history that Australian basketballs have uh, with that franchise, Jenna Hay, of course, and yeah. things like that, which is um, which is pretty special stuff. Um, obviously, you're going to get over to the WNBA. Um, do you look ahead to Paris? Do you think about what could happen, or do you just go right? Whatever happens, happens. It's kind of like obviously that's a goal, and I think you know, come selection time, I'll, like it'll be something I'll be disappointed if I don't make. But I think at the end of the day, like. If I just, I feel like if I just keep doing what I do, and um, that I'll naturally get better in basketball, and I'm, yeah. my game will naturally progress. I think, you know, over these next three weeks, just at WNBA training camp, my game's going to grow a whole other level as well. And I think over the last six months with WNBL, um, you know, my game's grown a lot as well. I've, you know, really filled out that point guard position now. I can play the combo, like I can do a bit of everything. I'm quite versatile in that guard positions, and my, I've worked on my leadership as well. Um, so I think just that growth and I know over the next 12 months it'll be another big growth uh, growth kind of spurt with WNBA season just learning even if I don't play a heap of minutes just learning and being in that environment I know my game will go from strength to strength and then I'm pretty sure I have a similar role at Canberra again so um, I know my game's going to progress so it'll kind of be like whatever happens happens um but I'm sure I'm doing all the right things to try and make that dream a reality. Yeah. Oh, look, we're right behind you. It's pretty exciting stuff. Only a couple of weeks to go. I do hope the visas are all tickety-boo and everything like that. That's all sorted. Yeah, I've got, I've got actually my visa appointment on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've done all the paperwork. Seattle have been super good getting it all sorted and stuff. Um, yeah, so I actually spoke to Kayla George. She, she said hers came very quick post the appointment. So okay. I have no doubt that I'll get my visa. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be on the flight on the 20th of April. All right. Passport's up to date, everything. Just, just, yeah, I'm just yeah. doing the big brother sort of thing here. Just go make sure everything's sorted, right? Because there's nothing worse when you get on a plane and you're stuck in customs or whatever and going, who the hell are you? And I've gone... <laughs> Point guard, Seattle Storm, look me up, you know, number, you know, away we go. <laughs> I know, no, I've got it all sorted, got it all sorted. I actually got a new passport in 2021. Yeah. So that's valid for another 10 years, so I'm all sweet on that department. Love it. That what program. number are we wearing? Wearing number six. Okay. Yeah, so I've always been um, number five or six. Yeah. Um, I was number eight for Terrelgan, um, but yeah, it was number five for the Caps. Um, but yeah, number six, I believe, is the number, and that was my Australian number. So it must be that you know, every time I wear green and gold, um, I've got to wear number <laughs> six. Wearing so number six. <laughs> it's quite fitting. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, we'll uh, there'll be plenty of Seattle Storms singlets with sixes and Capitals with fives and Taralgans with eights. We'll just remember all these sort of numbers here as well. Sounds like my pin code. Um, but <laughs> Jade, it's a great to catch up with you. Um, we wish you all the best. We're terribly proud of you, as you know. Um, but enjoy the journey. And as you said before. For. you totally relaxed you enjoy you love what you do and i think that just simplifies things and yeah uh, go get some w's no i appreciate it it's always good to catch up i uh, appreciate the support from you know gibsland and everyone always um so yeah it's great to have a chat and yeah look forward to seeing seeing everyone next yeah bloody <laughs> hell. uh 10 years see you in 10 10 years yeah, yeah. see you in a decade <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Talking Gippsland. If you or someone you know would love to feature on Talking Gippsland, contact us via the Triple M Gippsland Facebook page. Catch up with you soon. A listener production.